0: A to Z Sports Prime Time on a Sunday night from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host Buck Rising. I'm proud as always to be presented to you by the fine folks at Brymac Mechanical. B R Y M A K. Brymac.com. That's where you go for satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac Mechanical, the best in the business. You can find at Brymac.com. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, where every Sunday we tailgate. With the Gary Ashton team, the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans is available to you and ready to serve at your leisure at GaryAshton.com. Of course, you know that the way to get in on all of the NFL action, NBA, NHL, whatever your heart desires, is a DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code ATOZsports gets you involved in the action there. Start making money today and with your gains you can explore new or pre-owned vehicle options at Two Rivers Ford, the best Ford dealership in the state of Tennessee, who prides themselves on award-winning customer service and quality American-made Ford vehicles, Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, there's a lot of different elements of this game that I think we have to discuss at length because there's a lot when I when I went back and I came home and I got some dinner. I decided I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna rewatch this game. The the by now I missed I missed a good portion of what led the Buffalo Bills coming back against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And of course the Bucs won overtime. But I thought, you know what, it's more important for me to sit down while I've got the time. I'll rewatch the D V R. By the way, the television crew um struggled today. And I'm grateful that I don't normally have to experience that. But you know, a lot of times I watch this on mute today. I decided not. Nah, I'm going to eat my dinner. I'm going to start to watch the replay of this. And, you know, just do it in the condensed version before we come to the show. And I came away with a couple of observations. One, that Titans defense kicked ass for four quarters unrelentingly in a way that we have not seen them do in a while, in a, while, in a way that made you feel like, yeah, it's 10 days or whatever that they had off with the bye and then a couple of days of practice after they came back. But how much fresher that four-man rush looked today, bad Jags offensive line, but still able to capitalize on that ability and uh, on, on, that, on that time, on that rest, which is something that we've all talked about at great length and make plays to disrupt the quarterback, to cause turnovers, get off the schneid on that and really the biggest reason for the success today is the same reason that the titans lost the last two games turnover differential is the most important thing probably in all of football outside of the field position battle so we're going to start with we're going to start cuz and there's redeeming things on both sides cuz i know the offense wasn't great i know the offense wasn't overwhelming it wasn't explosive uh for like they they missed some explosive plays and and there was a couple of drives where you came away scratching your head and really not a ton of three points off four turnovers is not an ideal situation at all. But 20 points from an offense that struggled, 20 to nothing. So there was some redeeming qualities, that which we'll talk about from the offense as well. And the best part is you beat a team 20 to nothing and there's room for substantial improvement. I think that everybody would say that's a good thing. Better to see them not at their peak, but with, you know, able to win handily and still have a lot of room for improvement and a lot more things that you know them to be capable of as they get ready for the stretch run. Four regular season games remaining to get in the positive column in your first game back. Massive opportunity taken advantage of by the Tennessee Titans. So let's start with your two Rivers Ford take here on a Sunday night. Where did you see... The most improvement. Where did you most see improvement from the Titans today? That's our Two Rivers Ford take question that we will begin the proceedings with as we proceed, as we begin the proceedings each and every day. Where did you see the Titans improve most from what you saw before the bye and how they came out and performed after the fact? Let me know in the comment section. We'll talk about it together here on the Primetime Show. Your Two Rivers Ford take, and while you give me your Two Rivers Ford take before you hear from Titan Safety Kevin Byard, because he was not in on the pick party today, but he made a couple of great plays himself. Before we do that, or while we're doing that, I'll tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford, they're the best in the business. There's no question about it, and it's not just because they have the coolest and best vehicles. It's not just because they're Ford vehicles. Are quality and American made. It's not just because their sales staff does not work on commission. So you feel no pressure throughout the course of the car buying experience. All of these things are the reason why Two Rivers Ford, over the last nearly 40 years, have worked unrelentingly to make sure that the experience is first and foremost focused on you and on me as the customer, on all of us. They put the customer first, which it's easy to say, Two Rivers Ford puts that proof of concept into action. Anytime you go out and visit them in Mount Julian, anytime you want to take a test drive or explore any of their new or pre-owned vehicles, you'll have a fantastic time doing so because of the winning formula that Two Rivers Ford has. Find out more when you go visit them at the dealership, as I mentioned, just seven miles east of Nashville International Airport or online at tworiversford.com. So where'd you see the improvement most today for Karen who I saw today it was nice to see Karen at the game and forgive me I I, uh, I Karen and, and her friend I've, I've forgotten uh, your friend's name Karen but it was lovely to see you again. Always a pleasure to run into people at the games. Uh, no interceptions for Ryan Tannehill big now no passing touchdowns, but of course he had a rushing touchdown to break that thing open and made a lot of plays that take discipline that take you know a solid pocket. The protection could have been much better in front of Ryan Tannehill, and Taylor Lewan. spoke to that fact after the game. Robbie on Twitter says consistency on defense is the place where he saw the Titans improve the most. Where did you see them improve the most? Because I'm going to make the case for the offense, even though I know that the defense inherently had a better day. And I'm going to tell you why this is going to be my approach. Now, one, because I know a lot of people are not going to make the case for the offense, and frankly, I know a lot of people were kind of frustrated. I don't think frustrated is an unfair position or unfair uh, unfair uh, uh, point of view on what we saw from the Titans' offense today. And, you know, largely I understand it because I was kind of looking at that myself the same way but where did I most see improvement from the Titans today here's my thing about their offense they are not going to play games perfectly and I think the idea that everybody had in their heads and rightfully so this is what the this is the best part of the offseason right you psych yourself up new parts new pieces Julio Jones that's sexy uh three uh three three-headed monster, or or what do you want to call it, the the pick-your-poison offense, Julio, A.J., Derrick, love that idea. And you start to ramp this thing up bigger and bigger in your head so when there are moments where, yeah, Derrick Henry's not on the field, but they're running in for scores in the red zone with Deontay Foreman on that opening drive, and I'm looking at that and saying, yeah, I know that the offense sputtered and had its struggles in several different moments throughout the course of that game, but the way that they opened up with that scoring drive, the way that they executed, the way that they rebounded from an almost a, a turnover, almost on the opening kickoff, because Chester Rogers fumbled and then recovered his own fumble. Then you get to second and seven. I think they're with the Jacksonville 48. Ryan Tannehill gets knocked down. And you're thinking, oh, man, I don't necessarily know if this isn't going to be the same kind of experience. Things don't look that much different at this point. And then Ryan Tannehill scrambles for seven yards. Then you have that penalty on Andrew Wingard that adds 15 to the 17 that Tannehill gained on the ground. You're sitting there at the Jag 16 and they run it in from inside the 20, just like you're used to them doing. And that's basically what I wrote tonight in my post game column is, yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. Now it was Nick Westbrook-Akina. It wasn't A.J. Brown. It was Deontay Foreman. It wasn't Derrick Henry, but to execute that initial drive in a way that, one, stepped on your opponent early and allowed you, just like the first Jags game this season, to never trail in that game. And I think it's pretty clear to say that the Titans, uh, or excuse me, rather the Jags, look much worse than they did earlier in the season because you know they're just playing out the stretch at this point. But what I saw from Ryan Tannehill is even if he wasn't at his best as a conventional drop back quarterback, pocket passer, you want big plays down the field, you want seventy yard bombs to Julio Jones, his first game back, you want him to at least continue to target Julio Jones and move the ball through the air. You want all of those things, and yet you're sitting there looking at a touchdown drive and being like, yeah, you know, maybe it didn't, maybe it wasn't like super sexy. Maybe he's checking the ball down, he's taking what the defense is giving him, but like that's Patrick, that's somebody like Patrick Mahomes' biggest problem right now. They don't, Mahomes hasn't done that. That takes a different kind of discipline from the quarterback position to just be willing to take what you are seeing there in front of you, whether that's rushing yards on a scramble, whether that's a check down for five or six yards to keep the chains moving. Ryan Tannehill did that today, of course, uh, ran for a touchdown as well. No turnovers for Ryan Tannehill, even though he was under pretty considerable pressure as we discussed, four sacks for the Jags. They were getting after him today. I thought that the mistake-free element of football for the Titans' offense today, I thought that was the biggest improvement to me. Now, the defense is obviously what catches your attention because four turnovers. The Titans haven't turned the ball over in uh, over four times in a single game, or intercepted a ball four times in a single game since 2012, Jimmy Wyatt Had that stat earlier, and they haven't recorded a shutout at home since the thirteen and three Titans of the year two thousand, the Millennia Titans, uh, in a thirty-one to nothing home shutout of the Dallas Cowboys that year. So it's been a lot, and they were—I mean, eight yards on eight attempts, eight rushing yards on eight rushing attempts. It's crazy stuff from the Titans. Uh, from the Titans. At this point, and I'm looking at this and saying, I'm looking at this and saying, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you look at and say, man, why don't they do better? Why doesn't Julio Jones have 100-yard games? Why doesn't Ryan Tannehill easily throw for 300 or or 3 350 the way that you see a lot of these quarterbacks do? And I'm sitting there looking at it and saying, yeah, but you won 20 to nothing. Like, shouldn't the shouldn't the reaction be rather than oh they were terrible in this way and they didn't ca- and they listen they didn't capitalize on turnovers all of those things can be so and be taken into account but also you've you've swept two division opponents the jags and the colts this year winning games like that and so as they kind of start to regenerate and they start to get back on their feet i think there's a lot of promise from this offense right now and you i mean you guys know me you've worked with me long enough you've been here with me Long enough over the course of the, I mean, it's almost been three years with A to Z. So you know that I am not some kind of eternal optimist about Titans football. When they suck, I tell you. And when they're good, I feel like I'm pretty fair in my analysis as such. And I wouldn't say that today is outstanding, but it was good enough to shut out a divisional opponent 20 to nothing for the first time at home in over two decades. Really, really strong stuff from the Titans offense, even if it's a situation where they're not wowing you when you go back and look at the box score. Uh, Robbie said, think they were holding back a bit today? I mean, yeah, there's probably some of that. I we, Who was it that was having that uh, that conversation? Corey Curtis of, uh, of WKRN News 2. We were walking down to the post-game press conference room after the fact, and Corey was like, yeah, this was a game plan that they weren't going to push the envelope too much. And it was a successful. It was a successful model. And listen, the Jags, the people, people have slept on the Jags defense. And I thought they pressured Tannehill well. I thought they were adequate uh, to above average in coverage. I thought they had a pretty good defensive game plan for Tennessee. And what Tennessee did was let the Jags offense nuke themselves basically, and then take advantage on the other side of things. Bray King says they're still really hurt. I'll take any Ws, they're only going to get healthier and healthier. Yeah, that's the hope, right? That's kind of the reason that you're trafficking in it that way. And I think, you know, we talked to Julio Jones after the game. He said, "No, no setbacks, no nothing. I'm ready to ball." I'm like, "All right, let's uh let's see it." But today, even if he wasn't statistically amazing, he caught he caught the passes he was targeted on. There were a couple where I mean, there was one where he looked like he almost ran straight into Jeff Swayman. I don't know if there was like a miscommunication on that play or something, and we'll talk to Mike Vrabel about it tomorrow, but uh, I looked at this and said, yeah, I think overall, this was kind of the step forward after two straight losses that you were looking to see from a team that, without all of its players, and with with still a defense that has the ability to be special, I think the more that I kind of go through this thing, I'm looking at it and saying, yeah, I feel pretty good about what the Titans did today. We're going to continue to talk about this. We'll read more of your comments. What did you see them improve on the most? We'll talk about it here in just a second. And you'll hear from Kevin Byard, who was exceptional. K- KB's always a good quote. Byard was really, really strong today. I think there's something about Jags week that brings it out in everybody. We'll do that momentarily right after I tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code a 2 z Sports. Football fans, I know that we all love action-packed, high-scoring NFL games. But just like today with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, Unofficial sports betting partner of the NFL. You'll be a winner once a single point is scored, unless you bet on the Jags because they scored zero points today. New customers who bet just one dollar on any team to score can win one hundred dollars in free bets. It's just that simple. You can uh, get in on same game parlays as well, which allows you to combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Simply download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code A. T-O-Z Sports. That's A-2-Z Sports. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code A-2-Z Sports this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. So, with all of the places that they improved, you cannot, you know, I made the argument for the offense because I know a lot A lot of people were going to look at that game today and say, yeah, that was pretty gross. I don't think that the offense was near good enough. And I would say, you know, kind of reset your expectations, and I feel like you'll think about this game much more differently than you have. But the defense was, I mean, the defense was unbelievably good today. The defense was so, so strong. Today And in, you know, we asked Kevin Byard about the conversation that they were having as a defense. KB told us, yeah, at halftime, basically, we felt like we could shut this team out. And he felt, uh, and it sounds like Mike Vrabel gave him a little bit of uh, bulletin board material. Because apparently Urban Meyer had some things to say about the way that they were able to run the ball on the Titans defense when last these two teams played. And uh, Kevin Byard and Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry, Danigo Autry. Christian Fulton, the whole lot of them, seem to take that kind of personally. Man,
1: we had so much fun out there today. I mean, would I have liked to join the intercession party? Absolutely. But I talk about it all the time, man. If I get one pick, no picks, man, four, four interceptions, I don't know how many sacks we had. But I think the stat that I'm most proud about is, I mean, obviously we had the shutout, but seven yards rushing. And, and I think seeing some quotes and stuff earlier in the week about Urban Meyer saying that, you know, they felt like they was able to run the ball and it was pretty, felt pretty good going into the game. Seven yards rushing, man. So we went out there and handled our business, man. Handled the the keys that we knew that was going to have to win, which was stopping the run.
0: They did that. They stopped the run eight yards on eight rushing attempts. There was no running game to be had. Trevor Lawrence was left on an island, basically, to defend for himself. A to Z Sports, prime time with you on this Sunday night. If you're just now joining us, we're we're here in the DraftKings Sportsbook studios talking about this Titans win over the jags. Uh oh boy records do says do you think leadership on defense is better too? I think they've really stepped up. I mean, listen. Half the defensive roster was different this year, right? They changed over a lot of parts. And what I'll say to you about leadership and all that, like I know the players that I know and have covered in years past. I really don't know a lot about the new guys. And 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 this is because of the way that our access is different nowadays, I don't get to go into the locker room three days. That sounds like I'm still muted. Apologies for that. I'm not sure how I came to be muted in the middle of that. But basically, you know, of the of the uh, of the new guys, I'm looking at this and saying. Yeah, I don't really know what they're like as leaders. Like I know what they look like on the field, but we we the way that we talk to these guys is super sanitized now. So I would say to you, I know what the guys who I've covered in previous years are capable of. I know what kind of men they are and how they carry themselves. But as far as the new guys, are I can't speak to really their personalities. I don't know them that well, and that's been one of the one of the worst parts of COVID. I guess as far as, uh, as somebody who covers professional athletes is concerned, you don't get to have relaxed time and conversations with them in the locker room. Instead, they're all trotted out and uh, trotted out one at a time. And then everybody's at a feeding frenzy in a way that, you know, I actively tried to avoid when such things were normal. But, you know, it'll be some time before we ever get back to that, it would seem. Uh, Ethan Ramsey says, when do we apologize to Shane Bowen for all of our offseason comments? Man, I told y'all. I tried to tell y'all. I told you that Shane Bowen was going to get promoted. I told you that not everything that happened last year was Shane Bowen's fault. I was accused of propaganda for Shane Bowen when I looked at that and said, yeah, there's a bunch of reasons why the Titans sucked on defense last year. It's not just Shane Bowen. It's just the face that you associate with the defense. And so everybody freaked out about it throughout the course of the offseason when Mike Frabel said, yeah, you know, sit on it. I'm going to promote him. I trust this guy. And it's working out pretty well as long as the play, as long as the top players are healthy. Now, they, it's it's unlikely that everybody is going to stay healthy over the course of the next four games and into the postseason. There are going to be some missing parts and pieces. And I don't have to tell you this after all the injuries that the Titans have experienced along the way. But I think ultimately, you're looking at this, and the diagnosis, uh, the or or really to diagnose this defense is to say. I mean, can you imagine uh, how different life is in 2021 after watching what this defense was a year ago? And there's a lot of and there's a lot of reasons for it that really kind of snowballed in a way that it's very easy to understand during a pandemic play playing in the middle of a pandemic season. Like last year didn't make a lot of sense for a ton of reasons, and the Titans' defense was one of those things. But I think. Now that you have a better measure of what this defense looks like when they've got the correct players to execute what they're asking of them, it makes all the defense in the world. So, as far as leadership is concerned, I wish I had a better answer for it. I wish I had more time to get to know these guys, and and you know we'll we'll see if we'll see if things can't settle down uh, variant wise, and more people continue to get vaccinated and things of that nature, so we can continue to avoid uh, avoid this kind of stuff, but. At this juncture, this is life. Uh, Stephen Neely says, we can talk about it now. Got to love seeing Zach Cunningham get some snaps. It'll be great for the rotation. Man, Rash- somebody told Rashawn Evans today that Zach Cunningham was brought in to replace him and take his job in future seasons because Rashawn Evans played. I mean, that's the best game I've seen Rashawn Evans play in at least two seasons. Easily. Easily in at least two seasons. Interceptions, tackles for loss, flying around. He looked excited. He looked happy to be back out there. He was uh, he was really, really somebody who I thought made a massive difference today. So, you know, he may, he may not be around for the long haul, but I think you like a seriously motivated Rashawn Evans just with the presence of Zach Cunningham on the roster. And, of course, he'll be in the facility this week and we'll talk to him. For the first time, uh, I assume, as soon as he's cleared through all of the COVID protocols and things of that nature, let's move on and let's uh, let's dive into a little bit more what's happening with the Jags and Urban Meyer. Because I don't know how many people read the Tom Pellicero report yesterday, but what's happening in Jacksonville is an unholy mess. It has to make you feel pretty good about this organization that has now strung together six consecutive winning seasons. We're going to talk about that coming up. Next, right after I tell you, well, actually, I'm going to ask you the question first. How much longer, whether it's days, whether it's games, whether it's months, years, if you have that opinion, week, whatever the case may be, how long do you think that Urban Meyer, this is not the first time I've asked you this question. It may not be the last time that I ask you this question. But in the meantime, at 2 and 11, how many more games does Urban Meyer have with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Give me your response. How many more, or excuse me, how much longer? Uh, whatever, however you want to quantify it. How much longer does Urban Meyer have as the head coach in Jacksonville? Let me know in the comment section. Amy on Twitter says, did you see the quote-unquote handshake? And I would say, yes, I did. And I would tell you that I know for a fact that I think in you know in settings when there are cameras on them and microphones close to them, I think that Urban Meyer and Mike Vrabel are civil. Um, but outside of that, I don't think that Mike has a lot of time for Urban at all. And I think that the more you learn about Urban Meyer, and there's a lot that we already knew about Urban Meyer, I think the more that you learn about him, I think you start to understand why these reports are coming out as frequently as they are, because he's acting like he's somebody in the pros when he is absolutely nobody at this juncture and has proven to be such. So, uh, how long, how much longer do you think? Uncle Herb lasts with the Jags. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com. The Gary Ashton tail- g- tailgate was so much fun. There's two regular season Gary Ashton tailgates left. So come on out, tailgate, hang out, play some cornhole, listen to some music. Gary will be out there. A to Z uh, does their, we we do our uh, our Gary Ashton tailgate pregame show from the Gary Ashton tailgate courtesy of a, a bunch of our great sponsors the Gary Ashton Remax group of uh the Gary Ashton real estate group of Remax Advantage is the best in the business the official real estate agent of the Titans of the Preds, who won tonight and of A to Z Sports primetime the Ashton real estate group of Remax Advantage the best in the business is where you can go at garyashton.com. So how much longer does Urban Meyer last, ladies and gentlemen? That is the question that we're posing to you. Top tier says, Jags look disinterested. Honestly, I thought their defense played, you know, they held it together as best they could. Like, I didn't think that the reason that the tit- that the Titans won today is because the, they were able to roll over the Jags defense. Like, I don't think anybody who watched that game closely, even though it was 20 to nothing, like I don't think your analysis would be that if you were, paying attention to the results on the field uh, and, and on a play by play basis. So from my standpoint you know I'm looking at urban and I'm saying there's there's just there's just nothing there. back in Boz on Twitter says end of the year but should be tomorrow uh, man I just I don't know how I don't know how he is going to last any longer than this season other than the ownership in Jacksonville just doesn't seem to care all that much. I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. I really do. And I know that if you're a Titans fan, you don't care. You want Trevor Lawrence to probably fail. And I understand why you feel that way. But from somebody who wants to see a young quarterback succeed and not, be, and not have his career nuked, no matter what team he plays for, man, I hope that they get somebody in there that's able to help him because he is not getting any help right now. He's not getting help from his head coach. The talent on the roster is simply not good enough. And Herb had a lot to do. With those acquisitions and the guys that were there prior to Urban Meyer with the contracts that they were already under, they haven't been that good either. That offensive line is bad, 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 bad. And they've been together for a minute. They should not look that way. But I don't know how many of you read about the story of Urban Meyer telling his whole coaching staff that they're losers and Urban Meyer is a proven winner. Well, not not here. not Not at this level. Not at the level where it really counts not at the level where you can win a championship with great ease using your third string quarterback that's not where you're playing that's not where you're coaching anymore it's just not the case mark jones with the uh the kind of analysis that i despise saying trevor jones, trevor lawrence rather is a bust and mark you have no idea there's nothing to indicate that trevor what's happening in jacksonville is trevor lawrence's fault and if you think that then you're probably not paying close enough attention or you don't care which is you're i'm not saying you have to care about Trevor Lawrence, but to even propagate that as a narrative, I think is reckless. I think it's irresponsible. and I think it's wrong. There's nothing to indicate to me that Trevor Lawrence is a bust. There's nothing that ruins quarterbacks more than bad geographical location. Would anybody, and would anything that the Jacksonville Jags have done in a long, long time indicate to you that they are capable of fostering and helping, uh, helping maximize young talent. No, I, I I would strongly disagree with that assessment. I think that there's a lot of things failing around Trevor Lawrence, and I think that precious few of them are Trevor Lawrence's fault. It's just the fact that he's not being supported properly. And then, I mean, what else is he going to do? They're they're terrible, and it's not just his fault, even if he's playing the way that he is. There's a lot, of, ask Ryan Tannehill, there's a lot of reasons why a quarterback can look bad and it not be on the court, not be all the quarterback's fault. Now, Ryan Tannehill probably wouldn't give you an honest answer on that because that would involve throwing teammates under the bus. But there's a lot to a uh, lot to look at around the quarterback and say, yeah, it's totally reasonable to understand why he is floundering the way that he is. Uh, Ronnie Crowder says, give the devil do. Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback. Well, I and but Ronnie, I don't know him to be good at this level, right? I don't. I'm just saying that whatever potential he has to be good, they're going to nuke if they keep up this way. Um, but I'll read the whole comment. Give the devil due. Lawrence is a good quarterback. He's just in a bad situation. Like you said, it's a dumpster fire in Jacksonville right now. Yeah. Like, I don't know whether Tre- Trevor Lawrence is going to have a successful career or he's not. All I know is that things are working actively against him for him having a successful career because of the place where he started his career which is that hellscape of an NFL franchise, the Jacksonville Jags. They are bad, bad, rotten from the inside. And, you know, the reason things like Urban Meyer still being there are, it tells you everything you need to know about the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. Uh, let's wrap things. Oh, I meant to play you this Urban Meyer clip. That was the whole reason we were talking about it. Listen to how paranoid he sounds in this press conference
1: today. I assured him that we, I still believe in my heart. We will how fast, you know, that depends on, once again, I, I still think there's good pieces. You watched what you watched out there today. Miles Jack and that defense and some of those kids, uh, uh, Roy, Smoot. I mean, I was, those guys were playing their tails off. You get a couple scores on offense, you're right there, and we didn't do it. So what's the answer? Uh, start leaking information or some nonsense? No. No, that's nonsense. That's garbage. That's, uh, you know, that's, once again, I've been very blessed. I've not really dealt with that i have not dealt with. Well, did you hear what he said? What? No. Let's improve on offense and get our quarterback in a position to be successful. That's our focus. What someone's brother said, or someone said, someone said that will that will occupy very little of my time. And if if there is a source, that source is unemployed. I mean, within seconds, if there's some source that's doing that. <laughs>
0: I mean, there's so much there about, I just, I don't know. And, and listen, I don't know Urban Meyer personally. And I feel like there are a lot of things that sound like personal attacks for me. And maybe some of it is personal attacks because I don't believe him to be a, I don't believe him to be a forthright and honest person. And I think there's been, there's enough of a track record to say that there's, there's not a lot you can trust about Urban Meyer. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, people who know him much better than me have spoken to that effect and and things that you see in Jacksonville with how, I mean, just quit. It was always, it was going to be bad in Jacksonville, but how much quick, how much quicker it has spiraled. (laughs) Lebowski says, what a sociopath. Not so easy when your team isn't your personal fiefdom. Yeah, turns out you actually have to be smarter than people. In the NFL and what Mike Vrabel is that is smarter than urban Meyer. at the very, very minimum urban Meyer, uh, has outsmarted people two times this year. And I think a lot of that also more boils down to players than it does to what's sitting at the top of that rotting mess down in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, let's wrap things up with, this is a free site. The best thing that I saw on the internet this weekend. Now this goes back a few more days, In fact, it goes back to last Sunday. So maybe I should say the best thing that I saw last week, but it's really, really good. And I'm going to tell you why here in just a second. How much, uh, right after I ask you the question, how much do you think, emphasis on the word think, how much do you think you know about football? Now you can answer this question any way that you like. And I think there's a variety of different ways that you can answer this question. But I think it's a fun one because I want to know how much you think you know about football. And I'm going to tell you how little you know about football, how little I know about football here in just a second, right after I tell you about our friends at BryMac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymack.com. Satisfaction. Guaranteed is what they promise you on each and every one of your HVAC needs. BryMac is the best in the business. There is no doubt about it. They have three locations in Tennessee and in Kentucky to make – and by the way, I, I, I – Brymac.com is the best in the business, but that that just jogged my memory about the events of this weekend. Brymac Mechanical, they are, they will be there in an instant. Whatever your issues are, I have used them before myself. Chris Hamby, Miss Sherry, they're a fantastic family, family family-owned business, and focused on quality. Brymac Mechanical at Brymac.com. Now, I what I what I was jogged, what I was reminded of is, you know, I don't know how many people in in Tennessee and Kentucky and wherever you're listening. Uh, or watching the show, wherever you are, if you had any experience with the tornado on Saturday, our thoughts are, of course, with you. Uh, that's certainly something that I've had. Uh, I've, I'm super, super high strung about tornado-like weather and tornado situations after that one rolled right through my neighborhood and over the top of my house in March of 2020. So if you're going through it, uh, we're here for you. If you. If there's any way that I can help you. I don't know what that would be, but you guys know how to reach out to me. You can DM me on on Twitter, on Instagram. If you've got causes that you're trying to draw attention to, if you know somebody who's been affected, let me know, because uh, that has a special place in my world, in my worldview because of the way that that tornado knocked the holy hell out of Nashville a couple of years ago. And this one that rolled through Kentucky, man, our friends in Western Kentucky, um, I just, I can't imagine the, 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 the sorry to bring this down, but the, it's just, it's devastating stuff. So if you're going through it, just know that we're, uh, we we may not be physically right there with you, but we're right there with you. Uh, So this is a free site. Let's bring things up a bit if we can. And the question that I want to ask you is how much do you think you know about football? Because every time I ask a football player a question and he responds to me in the way that football people talk to one another in what amounts to basically a foreign language, I realized that I, who cover professional football and who talk to football players and coaches and you know scouts and agents and all kinds of people who work in this world, I realize I have no idea what the hell they're talking about when they talk actual football. Touchdown specifically, your defender went and blitzed. What did you see there? How were you able to, to use that to your advantage?
1: Yeah, they had a little three deep fire zone, brought the nickel off the edge, safety dropped down. Uh, it didn't look like they were doing a replacement fire zone, so I knew at the back of the way we were gonna get three pushing through. Um, I had an opportunity to kind of run in there if I could beat my guy and just had to beat the safety to the end zone.
0: So now it's not that I don't know what Cooper Cup is saying in that clip. I understand conceptually what he's outlining. It's just the terminology that football people use to describe things that are commonplace in that world that I would never associate with football schemes and coverages and things of that nature. When Cooper Cup lays that out in as technical a football way as humanly possible and very blunt, very honest, and I appreciate that. I'm looking at this and saying, What on earth? Like, run that back for if I'm that sideline reporter, I'm sitting there saying, run that back for me one more time, Coop. I need to like, I need you to break that down on a whiteboard for me instead of just melting my face with football. And that's what Cooper Cup did on the sidelines. This weekend. listen to this again it's crazy to me touchdown specifically your defender went and blitzed what did you see there how are you able to to use that to your advantage
1: yeah they said a little three deep fire zone brought the nickel off the edge safety dropped down uh, it didn't look like they were doing a replacement fire zone so i knew at the back away we were gonna get three pushing through um i had an opportunity to kind of run in there if i could beat my guy and just had to beat the safety to the end zone
0: so again like upon second listen You understand, yeah, you understand what he's saying and conceptually what he's saying. But when he spits that out at you the first time, like some kind of football, uh, football robot, I'm just sitting there and looking at him. Like I would, I would have trouble like keeping the shock is not the right word, but like the, the, it would be difficult for me if I was on television to process that in my head without showing on my face that I'm actively trying to think through what he's saying. It's really, really good stuff, but it's funny. To think about how much we think we know about football, and then when football people talk about it the way that we that they talk amongst themselves about it, you realize, oh no, I'm I'm a novice. Any work, even somebody who works in this world, like I do, like there's still so much that I don't understand about what it is that these guys do on Sundays. Anyway, fun show. Happy to be back in the swing of things. Happy to have a football game to talk about. Going to be a lot of fun on the radio show. Tomorrow, Tony Baselli, who is the Jags radio analyst, uh, who is one of the best players in that franchise's history, who knows this thing is down bad right now. He's going to be on the radio show tomorrow at 1220. That's going to be a good time. And uh, we're looking forward to talking about the Vols. We have uh, Enid Hooker is coming back to the University of Tennessee and got some good info on that that I'm going to share with you later on in the radio show tomorrow. I'm going to talk to some scouts about Hendon Hooker uh, while I was working at the Titans game today because there are scouts from all kinds of different teams that are running around the press box at any given moment. So I had some really good conversations about people who scouted Hendon Hooker and some of the things that you might want to know about where he's at at the University of Tennessee. So we'll talk about it tomorrow on the radio show. 10 a.m. is when it starts on 104.5 The Zone and then run it back and go through some things on primetime Tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central Time, is where you can find us Sunday to Thursday night. If you're new to the show, we're happy to have you. If you've been here a minute, it's going to keep on rolling.